Welcome everyone. Today we have Sasha Stone and we're so honored to have you, Sasha. Sasha is an activist, publisher, public speaker, writer, and filmmaker. He is founder of the New Earth Project. And that's where I first found out about you, Sasha. I was on the health and wellness team for three years. Oh, wow. So, so honored, yes. And um, that, the New Earth Project, is the world's most integrative movement for sustainable, sovereign, and self-determining communities. Some great work there. Sasha is founder of Humanitad, an organization working to facilitate global initiatives impacting sustainability, natural justice, and social ecology, and human rights. He is also founder of the International Tribunal for Social Justice and the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into Human Trafficking and Child Sex Abuse. So you're doing some amazing work, Sasha. And um, I wanted to jump right in. My specialty is homeopathy, and I'm always intrigued how people are programmed. You know, in the first seven years of their lives, we're programmed, and my job is to deprogram some of those harmful things that we've learned. And I often contemplate how programmed we've been and how diabolical <laughs> the situation is that we're in right now because it took a great deal of programming and people have um you know they've looked outside of themselves to find salvation which i think is a big it's been a program to look at doctors and government and something outside of ourselves in order to be saved and I just wanted to jump right into who, you know, if you watch Thrive One, you know there's a few families that run this planet. But who are the Illuminati exactly? Where, you know, where this has gone on for a long time. And I just thought it would be great to start with that. The Nibiru. Sure. I'm happy to jump in there. Look, um, it, it's, it's a curious question. And it's a very loaded one. It's very simple. Um, and brutally simple, but it's also incredibly convoluted and complex. Uh, and that's that's the point. That's the whole point of the Illuminati is to mm -hmm. complexify simplicity and to simplify complexity. That's called a dialectic within which you and I are supposed to manufacture a dystopian uh, world. Uh, you know, so on the one hand, you you can talk about the genesis of the Illuminati as being a noble undertaking to try to carry the uh, flickering flame of truth through the dark ages and you know bring it roaring back bullshit that don't, don't buy that for a second on the other hand um you know you 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 talk you talk about it being the the flame within the christed blood the false light christ of the merovingian christed blood of the draconian uh, elements that are living in this temporal world and have been flourishing essentially through the um, the the uh, um, imperial uh, crowns and dynasties of of Europe, not just Europe. It it goes to the Meiji, it goes to the uh, Ming, different dynasties. In even here, where I am in the in the tropics of Southeast Asia, we've got um, six hundred royal dynasties. We've got forty imperial lines of the the sultans and the kings of kings. Now, I know most of these sultans and kings of kings personally. 26 of them came to my home uh, for the New Earth Festival last year. So, you know, I'm on good 
good terms with uh, many sultans and rajas and kings and queens. And, and I see, see them frequently, not just here, but around the world. And I'll tell you that um, the ones that I'm dealing with are good people. Now, you could claim that they are Illuminati, but they absolutely are not Illuminati. They have been uh, commandeered, co-opted generationally, historically, overthrown by uh, what I refer to as the fucking Jesuits, because I think we need to call it by what it is. But the Jesuitical element within the black papacy of the Roman Catholic Church, which is the genesis point of the imperial crowns of Europe, as they were purposed and tooled up by the Vatican under the papal bulls of discovery and the dumb diversus going back to the 1400s, that set forth a 500-year pathology and chronology of bloodlust, of rape, of desecration, of destructivity, of, of blood sacrifice under the banner, the aegis of the Bishop of Rome, the papacy. So, you know, you have to go back. All roads do lead to Rome. The Illuminati, in a sense, is kind of the, term, the terminology and the meme emerged really to try to put a finger on the unseen. But let's not, I mean, if you really want to get to the atom seed of Illuminati, trust me, trust me, you're going to lean in and you're going to be looking into the flickering uh, serpentine yellowed eyeball of a very scary creature, for sure. And we're not talking a human either. Yeah. But that creature historically has... And, and what that creature represents and the constellation in the outer fringes of the universe that that creature issues from, you could, you could call the Illuminati the Genesis point going back to the exchange of the fire in the eyes of that serpent class, the draconian reptilian blah, 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 and their temporal proxies. So there's been hybridization, there's been genetic interventionism uh, over millennia, and not just in the last, you know, 10, 12, 13,000 semi-arc of the grand procession of the equinox, which is the time signature we normally look to and say, well, the great, the great uh, period of epoch of humanity, we can really attest or attribute going back to the Noah and the ark 13 odd thousand years ago. And prior to that, ah, we get into Atlantis and Lemuria and all of that, you know, ob obstruse stuff. But the point is the Illuminati is not necessarily the ruling hereditary leaders. Is it the crown of England? Uh, no, I don't believe it's the crown of England. Okay? I don't. I don't believe it is. I've met members of, of those royal families, and I've met with many people who are my friends today who are very friendly with. And I have a thousand anecdotes, great stories. I've hung out with royalty for the last 30 years of my life, going back to 1994, 95, however long that is, 26 years. Uh, and and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as a badge of honor. I'm just saying that that's just my pedigree. That's, that's my rock and roll pedigree was hanging out with certain people. So I've been invited, you know, to go and meet and spend time with, you know, Princess Gloria von Tonen Taxis in Regensburg Castle. I'm, you know, I did that a long time ago. I've connected with many of these people and they've been beautiful, kind, gracious, goodly, godly people in the main, in the main. Now, I have not been invited into other echelon and circles, 
because they are almost certainly the compartmentalized elements of what you would call the Illuminati that have infiltrated those same portals of power. So I'm going to give it to you this way. In every royal household, and I can tell you for a fact, Monte Carlo, Monaco, the Grimaldi household, the Crown of England, okay, all of them. Sweden, I've met with the, the Queen of Sweden, had dinner with her. I've met King of Greece, had spent the 2000, 1999 New Year's Eve with him. I mean, I can, I can name probably, I don't know, hundreds, okay, of royalty that I've dealt with over the years. Not because I went after it, for some bizarre reason, that's part of my thing. Only now, and because tw 25 years or 23 years of Humanitad Foundation, I've been looking to build bridges. And so I was able to, you know, interculture, interfaith, and so on. So what I'm saying is this. I've learned this much, and this is the gift I'm going to answer your question by. I have learned that in all of these portals of power, ancestral, hereditary power, there appear to be what I call collateral princes. Collateral princes, collateral princesses, some of whom I've interviewed as friends and spoken to at great length, and they've spoken to me about the ritual stuff, ritualistic stuff going on in the basement. I've met members of Illuminati families who have that are turncoats. They've turned away from their own families. They've they've negated the Faustian contract and they've taken their kids and left. Only yesterday I spoke to one who grew up alongside this royal family. And she told me yesterday on the phone, we're going dark, Sasha, for the next few months because there is a witch hunt. And she says, you know that we bailed on that shit. You know, we don't want to be caught in the crossfire because it's all going down. The collateral princes and princesses are young scions of those families who were kept in the dark. They are not part of the ritualistic hoo-ha. They are not brought into the secret society aspect or the esoteric Mysterium cult stuff. They're actually left very ignorant. I would claim that Prince Andrew of the royal household in Britain, of the crypto royal household, forgive me, in Britain, I would suggest that Prince Andrew is a classic example of that. That's my conjecture, that, that he's, he's just Andrew, the creature that you despise or, or that you admire, whichever you happen to be on but that he doesn't know about any of the shit that goes on in the basement and was never intended to be brought in so that at a given point he can be thrown under a bus. I also believe thrown under a bus, right? Which is what's happening. Not because he's a child rapist, because he's not a child rapist. He's just a twat, okay? Just a twat with a sexual appetite who got pulled into ugly people with big, big, big money and private jets and all that shit and, and has an appetite that exceeded moral code. But let's not pretend that he's a child rapist or a pedophile because he's not. Because there are people in your high street that are 20 times worse than Prince Andrew could ever be. And they're getting away with it. And they're walking around in fucking police costumes. Okay? And they're advocates and they're judges and all sorts. But the, so the point I'm making is that the collateral princes and princesses or, um, you know, the aristocracy, may, these families always have collateral princes. What do you think William is and, and, and Harry? Why did all of that weird, you know, inverse alchemy shit happen recently with, with Harry and with William? Obviously, Harry was running for his life. Obviously, he was tipped off to be, to be tossed under a bus, probably used as a collateral prince to inflame enormous pity for the royal family. That's my conjecture.
And I think that his secret service, or he's not secret service, I think that his close protection got to him, warned him, and he, boom, he tripped the light fantastic out and went public. So that if anything happened to him, it would become quite clear that that was a hit job. And we know it's not the first hit job by that household. So you see what I'm getting at. Who is the Illuminati? Many of these members of the royal households and the and the aristocratic dynastic households themselves are actually Illuminati, but they don't know it, and they were never brought into the rituals or into the blood drinking or into the into the Mysterium cult. So it's a very simple question you ask me, but it's a very complex one. The Privy Council behind Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle, behind the Crown of it, the Privy Council probably you'd need to go there and shake that nest of vipers. The College of Cardinals in the Vatican, probably you'd have to go there. The Trilateral Commission, the Bohemian Grovers, the Bilderbergs, and the Council of Foreign Relations in the United States, probably you'd have to go there to shake the branch to see the true proxies of the Illuminati fall out. And anyway, I could wax lyrical on the subject um, it's a fascinating subject, interminably so, but I'll leave it at that for the moment. Yeah, and I'd like to go into who are the blood drinkers and, you know, why the need for this ritualistic evil that's happening. But I'm going to pass the torch to Carl because we only have an hour of your time. Hi, Sasha. It's an uh, honor and privilege, privilege to have you on, on Thank our you, podcast. I was thinking about um, having listened to some of your podcasts um, that there's extra dimensional entities, <clears throat> excuse me, all sorts. It's a much multi-dimensional universe. Uh, there's entities out there that help us and entities out there that work against us, as we can see. But I'm, my thing is it's a fractal universe. And I think what's happened in the world uh, with the COVID virus, what's more, probably more uh, dangerous or more uh, prominent is the fact that it's a, it's a virus of the mind. And so I, I know that the way the universe comes into being, it comes in with polarities, with opposites, comes in with balance and harmony. So just as the natal when you get stung by a nettle in the field, there's also its remedy nearby. So I'm sort of thinking from a natural perspective between these extra dimensional beings and us, what about the nature spirits? Um, endings, sylphs, sylphs uh, or even ethnia, it's easier to read than say, ethnogenic um, pharmacology, such as psilocybin, zybogangs, etc to help us understand perhaps heal us uh have a glimpse at the godhead and 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 bring us back into harmony again so i just wanted to know uh, i thought i'd throw that at you to see where you see all that fit in and if you've had any experiences uh, relating to such I, 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 you put it so beautifully i'm almost embarrassed to speak after you so thank you for that um yes uh, look my 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 um, take on the adamite which is the the Christed ones that I count those of us on this panel as almost certainly in that echelon, um, that we are the, the the fusion point between the dielectric uh, universe, the limitlessness of uh, of, of so-called space, and the telluric forces and paramagnetic forces of this um, impossibly beautiful um, Earth, and and all that happens within. 
um, and for sure, the the elemental uh, aspect is something that is 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 not being looked at. It's being glossed over, um, really, by the imperial white um, kind of Cartesian, uh, Newtonian, Einsteinian logical mind as as failed absolutely to a um, grab itself firmly by the cock and rejoice in its sexuality one and two to recognize that our sacred feet on the sacred soil is the antenna that takes us right into the bowels of the limitless beauty of what it is to be a christed human an adamite and we forgot that piece and now that's coming back home to roost and 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 it's connected in large part not entirely but in large part to the surfacing of what the great hopi uh, indians of the native american plains um told us uh, generations ago uh, would happen that uh, the white man would move forward with the element of fire and uh, the redskins would move with the element of the of the uh, earth, in a sense, bring earth medicine uh, to uh, to the fore, which has been happening in Central South America and the native uh, Indians there from Peru and elsewhere who have been reminding us of those elemental stories through the ayahuasca, the aboga, and uh, all of these other uh, tremendous uh, earth medicines. So yes, we're remembering that that legacy now, and that's one step toward a rekindling of the unicorn prophecy, of the, the, the real story that lies behind the imposition of time that hijacked us from our true nature. When 1260 time came in and we started to codify uh, time and then the power apparatus through all sorts of uh, memes emerged recognizing that TikTok time would become the great catchment, the great dragnet of how to captivate humanity and pull us into a thrall and, 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 and excise us from our divine nature, which was hitherto being fed through the Telluric realms, through the unicorns, through the limitless uh, beauties that existed in, in, in this earth plane before Cronus and the Lords of Time descended, which they did. They were invoked by us at the at the collective oversoul level, almost certainly. And they came, they did our bidding. We needed to go into a galactic sleep cycle. We did the bidding and the Lords of Time came and we supped with them. We drank the cup of Leith, the cup of forgetfulness, as the ancient Greeks reminded us. And we fell into that thrall. Now we begin to emerge through it again. So the ayahuascans and all of that regenesis of the Native American and the Redskins, what they brought back to us and what the Africans are bringing back as well now and what the Asians, the yellow skins, I'm talking about the yellow skins, the black skins, the red skins and the brown skins being the great Indian um, uh, um, subcontinent. What they are bringing back into this regenesis is they're collapsing evil empire. They're collapsing the atom seed of Cartesian logic and of all that went in the last couple of thousand years. It, you know, it really goes back a great deal further than that. We could trace it back to pre-Sumerian times. The artifice of organic, sentient, temporal life 
the limitlessness, the, the, the immanent immortal paradigm that existed before the Kants arrived. And by Kants, I'm talking about the Kunte of the Sumerians, which is where the word Kant derives from. Uh, the record keepers of the Sumerians started tabulations, registering and tabulating things and systematizing things. That corresponded with interventionism happening, which has happened for millennia anyway, genetic interventionism, splicing and dicing the human being. Uh, the Egyptians were up to that and loving every minute of it, you know, growing growing hybrid humans in pet petri dishes and, uh, and, uh, and test tubes. Nothing, nothing new there. You look around at the, uh, the uh, deviant um, Anthony Fauci's and the Bill Gates's of this world, and we understand who these creatures are. We understand what echo chamber they're living in through their own um, dystopian bloodlines and the need for them to reclaim their immanence, their failing light, the fading light through claiming the Adamites. They need to, to drink off our life force and to imbibe our life force. They've been doing it an awful long time. So I'm sorry, I've been twisting and turning a little bit here. I kind of, I think I got the point of what you were asking. Uh, the, the earth medicine is remembering to us um, those elementals. And the more we remember those elementals as being integral to who we are, who we be, the more they will be invoked into the holonomic field of reality. And the more we invoke through the corrected ideation, the more they will emerge and the unicorn, the unicorn returns. And all of those quasi-mythological uh, creatures come back into the frame. And that's part of the imminent immortal paradigm. Some of us remember that very, very well in this world, in this lifetime. Those of us who have not fallen into the thrall of the Saturnian dream spell. But it's a beautiful question that you asked, and I thank you for it. I hope I've gone some way uh, to, to answering it. Yeah, you, cer you certainly have. I could ask many follow-up questions, um, but I know time is short, but maybe, maybe just quickly, yeah, if if the world is a simulation and we have good and bad, good and evil, is the trick to uh, rise above that to see evil as a part of a process that ushers us on to become the best or or to whom we're meant to become? Well, or, yes, yes. Thank you for that again. Uh, it, and I think it's um, it, I think it's obvious to anyone who has achieved any degree of, of still point of, of, of real um, equanimity in spirit, which is to say grace. Anyone who has been touched with grace, even for a moment, A, once you're touched by grace, you can never be untouched by it. But, but the point is that in that state of, of grace or stillness, which comes about through a multiplicity of reasons, in my case, um, I, I did connect with a state of grace momentarily in, in, in August of 1997. And it happened to me through, um, um, through, through tremendous uh, sorrow. And so some of us, it's trauma invariably that brings about the death of ego. In my case, certainly that occurred momentarily. And I do remember that in that state uh, of grace that, that, that descended or that touched me, um, that I was able to instantaneously see the perfection of the geometry in that still point. I was able to completely 
um, acknowledge the divine hand in all of the tragedy of my own life at the time and the, the great tragedy. I could see it so clearly. And that was what gave me the succor. That's what, that's what brought me back uh, like Lazarus. Because I recognized that if one, if one moved oneself through consciously, through the most divine act of will, I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I can't stand it when people like me answer questions like this poorly. Um, but it was a divine act of will that, um, that allowed me to completely transmute my sorrow, my suffrage, my pain in one perfect moment in time, which then became a perfect moment in timelessness. And that's when I learned it's all connected because when I went into the shamanic death, and it took me two years to recover in all. So be clear about that. It wasn't an easy passage. But what I did to my credit was I went into that shamanic death um, with eyes wide open. And I knew I wanted to do it one time in this lifetime. I did not want to incarnate again and do it again and again and keep coming back to that same um, ground of being. I wanted to do it one clean cut. And so I... I allowed myself to move fully into that death state. And I'm not by nature a courageous man. I'm foundationally a coward. I will be the one normally to, to shriek like, a, like an old woman, you know, and leap in the air. And yet, subsequent to that experience, um, I'm the greatest fighter that I know. And I'll always jump into the fight if, if the vulnerable uh, or weak or infirm are or connect are under attack. If I'm under attack myself, I'll do everything I can to avoid it. I'm speaking about this stuff because I'm trying to humanize the question that evil, good and evil comes down to fear or the absence of fear. And yeah. where there now I am not capable of fear. I'm capable of conjuring it up in the mind. I was poisoned uh, three, three years ago, four years ago. I was poisoned in, in 2016 and for a period of three months, I became gravely ill and it looked as though it might be a lot more serious than, than even I was afraid of. And, you know, I, I lived through a period of that time. And then there, there was momentarily I, I started seeing the, the spirit of my dead child in that state of sickness and the poisoning. And I th genuinely thought, OK, well, I'm probably going to check out because when you start to see disembodied, discarnate spirits, it's normally, a, you know, it's normally you're on the way out. I didn't perish and, you know, I came back and I had a miraculous kind of healing connected to some um, beautiful healers that connected from from India, from Nepal uh, to me and my, my crew here. And it all came back and it was all fine. I learned a lot in that exercise. I learned a lot in all of the exercises where I felt I was that evil was folding in on me. So I have seen how the evil is, to answer your question the way you graciously put it, evil in that sense is the conveyance, is the purveyor of the highest good. It becomes the background texture against which the perfection of, of, of creation can emerge in this 3D temporal realm. Now, let me be clear. I don't believe for one second that any of the shit that happens to any of us is going to happen to us outside of the highly compartmentalized um, uh, abyss within which the cauldron of creation finds itself. So I believe that the that the alpha omega state is absolutely outside of this 
abyss, and that the abyss is a is a hypercompartmentalized element that is premised there under the aegis of the universal gaze of Alpha Omega, and within which that abyss we, you and I, and Jane and Steve and Hartmut and Grace chose to take a backward dive from source and splinter off from source as the highest action of the Christed ones, as the Bodhisattva incarnate. Every one of us are a Bodhisattva. That I know. Even that motherfucker Jeffrey Epstein or Harvey <laughs> Weinstein or any of these uh, creepy crawlies. We are all of us avatars in that sense. Now, some of us are choosing <laughs> choosing to play the evil card, <laughs> having a little bit of fun with the bat with the with that texture. But it's all connected to this orchestration of how um, the divine geometry emerges. Look right now at what's happening. We all know. And incidentally, I've been pushed back, so I've got a bit more time than 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 I had. Uh, Debbie's keeping me abreast, but we can go over my my scheduled time. Um, look at what's happening right now. In 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 this this cacophony, this abomination, this travesty of witchery and evil that is being perpetrated against seven billion sentient souls by a parent corporation and its satanic little uh, corporation franchise corporations masquerading as governments and their fetid and venal and perfidious apparatus of evil operating through what what else public health administration baby, you know. And, 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 and the high street and mainstream media and academia and the entertainment complex and social media. Every element of human exchange has been infiltrated because it was engineered to be thus at the end of evil empire. And right now we're seeing that catastrophic failure of the evil empire. And that is why evil empire in all of its draconian majesty is emerging and going, mask yourselves, you motherfuckers, all of you, you know, do it now. That's insane. We're in this satanic sci-fi twilight zone where the creature that was just mandated by us generations ago to kind of sweep the fucking streets Change the light bulbs. That's it, government. No one mandated them to turn into this. It's insane. It's why I'm so irreverent toward it, because it's so bloody obvious. It's pure satanic cult programming. Come back to beat the shit out of us, as we well deserve. So all the so-called evil, bedevilment, and witchery, that emerges now as this tidal wave of Armageddonist doom. A, it doesn't exist, so I'm not remotely concerned by it because I understand Maya and illusion. I'm happy to look at it and, and have a cocktail. It doesn't phase me. But the point is that those who choose to project plasma, life force, ideation into that monstrous uh, foldback, because that's all it is. It's a feedback. The universal feedback mechanism is working to pre precision. And people can choose to perish to it or to be completely unattached and disidentified to it. Those who are able to disidentify absolutely, because this is an absolute science, are the Adamites. We're the ones who take the, the tribe of the earthling forward into the next uh, great, the ne next great uh, shift. But uh, I hope that that, again, paints some, uh, some 
backstory to the question uh, that you asked. There is no such thing as evil. The only thing that is evil is the unres unresolved aspect of me. Thank you, Sasha. That was, um, yeah, it does answer my question. It opens up a whole bunch of other more questions, but um, for another time, I'm going to pass you. Thanks, Sasha. I'm going to pass you on to Hartlett. Thank, thank you, Carl. Thank you. Well, it's it's a, it's a subject in which I want to go dive really deeply um, because um, uh, I have here in Germany, we have an alternative scientist. His name is Harald Kautzweller. I knew you were going to say that. I'm so, <laughs> I saw him last week. He was uh, he's part of the Lazarus Initiative that I'm doing right now, and I'm hoping to see him again next week. <laughs> well, yeah, that's 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 brilliant because in in his interview from October 2020, he said directly that uh, Singh that said that Satan is dead because he said that there is two there's two black goo, the one from the from the earth, which is the magma, and then the then the other one from the universe, which came with asteroids, yes. and. Um, and this consciousness, this black goo, which wants to close our chakras, is also communicating with the Illuminati by crystals. Yes. And, um, and the interesting thing is his, let's say, his biggest work or his biggest, yeah, his biggest achievement was to be in all computers, silicium. But yeah. a thing that said that in 2000, uh, Harald said in, uh, that Satan is gone. He made remote viewing on him, so he saw Satan as as full full spectrum of color. So very much knowledge, but around him only black and white. And this means that, in my opinion, that all the minions around him have to give up their intelligence and their creativity. And. Satan is gone, and also the red vampire, according to Zingdek, the red vampire, the old being, is gone. And now the minions try to overtake it, try to take this the channel over, and uh, and for example, the NS and uh, some secret services, let's say it this way, have implemented the AI in this system. Yes. And um, can you give me a comment about that, especially also concerning the sentient world simulation? Because they are creating avatars right now, yeah. and then they want to rechange us. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm happy to. Look, I, I'll speak to it, but only because I, I regard it as light entertainment. So I'll speak to it in that with that irreverence. I don't place any degree of importance on a black goo. I don't place any degree of importance on AI transhumanism or the genetic modification of endogenous RNA through a lethal cocktail masquerading as a vaccine. I don't place any uh, undue uh, relevancy or importance on to uh, the fact that uh, IBM and the great big computation uh, corporations are working on uh, unleashing digital twins uh, into the world of every single soul on earth. They've got them already hung up in, in the basement, ready to unleash them into the world. These digital twins that have effectively been encoded and imprinted already with all of the information of you, your life, your DNA resonance, every time you've masturbated, everyone you've slept with, the color of your underwear, okay, every time you go to the toilet and what's in your stool. The, the, these deviants uh, operating as essentially through the the uh, NSA in the United States, 
uh, the, the, the National Security Agency being the most powerful intelligence gathering metadata surveillance agency on the face of the earth, an absolute calamity of an organization. Um, the fact of the matter is, is they have begun data uh, harvesting of every human being anyway, even the pygmies and the uh, uh, Kalahari Bushmen. Okay, they've triangulated every single one of them. They know how many individuals live in the Hadza tribe of, uh, of, of Central Africa. And, and, and that there's only 1,843 of them left. And this is the tribe that never gets sick, cannot get sick. They've got the most advanced human biome. Okay, nothing, nothing can contaminate them. No amount of uh, oxidative enzymes and the poisons in vaccines will ever circumvent the Christed uh, genome expression of these people and they know there's only 1,843 of them left and and they will wipe them out object they will they will plan to wipe them out within the next uh, couple of years so the point is that all of this stuff is now subjected to a, a grotesque a super computation AI supercomputers jerry-rigged up all around the world in the basement uh, seminally through the National Security Agency there's nothing that they don't know there is nothing that they don't know. They've got freeze frame captures of every one of us masturbating at our computers or in our bedrooms. I mean, these are perverse, perverse intelligences. They're not humans, so I'm not going to say they're humans. Intelligences. They cannot get enough stuff. They can't triangulate enough. They can't acquire and accumulate enough or devour enough. They're insatiable. They're insatiable by virtue of one thing alone. That is the degree to which you and I permission them to continue to devour our life force, the holonomic thought forms that ideate out of us. So you see, it doesn't matter about the fucking black goo. It doesn't matter how diabolical the Saturnian or satanic or Luciferian mind can construe and construct and manufacture and manifest perversity in the temporal realm. It doesn't matter. The fact is that it's all perverse. It's all anti-life. It's all cult of death. It's all entropic. And it's all prone ultimately to universal law, which is, by the grace of the living God, evil will unto itself. Right now, evil is untoing itself. The so-called Illuminati have lost their bridge game or their poker game. The Vatican is on the back foot of its little dirty red heels for the first time in history. The crown of England, as testified by the death yesterday of the greatest patriarch of the, of the crypto crown of England, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh, is dead. And it's all but over. The crown is over. The Vatican is on the back foot. Capitol Hill is inhabited by a gibbering, dribbling sock puppet who needs serious home care and a hot mug of milk. And yet that motherfucker has been placed as the commander in chief of a quadrillion dollar nuclear arsenal. Well, that is only testament to one fact. And that is that the gestalt of America is clinically insane itself and needs to be taken out gently to the back of the barn and shot in the head. That's it. So now I can see that. And anyone who holds true 
to what I call the Christed light, which is supernature, which is A, B, C, one, two, three. Uh, you know, anyone can see that. But we're all being tricked variously into surrendering or abdicating that logic. The dream, the serpent, is trying its desperate last card, which is to get us to disclose our poker hand. When we always held the royal flush, always. And that's what the, the, the beauty of it is that it's so fucking obvious to anyone who can count from one to ten. But the tragic comedy of it is that is that the liberal intellectual class amongst the human family are the most culpable because they are the ones who have enabled the status quo. They've been the enablers of the banking mechanisms, the banking systems. They've been the enablers of the perpetuation of grand deceptions through marketing and advertising and the proliferation of pornography. And by pornography, I mean the pornographicizing of our children, making little boys and girls little fuck toys and turning and objectifying in that way. That kind of perversity has been enabled by the liberal intellectual class. That's why you have the Marina Abramoviches and the Hillary Clintons and the Lady Gagas all hanging out together in Mustique or wherever they do hang out together and, 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 and getting more and more anti-human and perverse in their high aesthetic which they then spit into the public domain with billion dollar budgets behind them and perform at the Super Bowl or whatever. I'm just saying, we are the ones permissioning that. There is no part of Lady Gaga that I find acceptable. No part at all. I, I pray to be put at a dinner party. I'm connected to a lot of Hollywood icons and celebrity. No one will put me at a din dinner table with her because they know I'll cut her fucking head off. I, I would love to interact with these salamanders. I would love to. And when I do interact with these salamanders, I'm fairly well known for speaking my mind. And, and a number of them have agreed with me and do agree with me. Anyway, the point is this. There is a sea change underway. The black goo doesn't offend me. Lady Gaga offends me. Netflix offends me. Yeah. And so I, I just want to get away from the abstruse, hidden, stealth threats that exist because, yes, they do exist variously. But let me tell you, they existed hundreds of years ago. At the time of Queen Elizabeth I, John Dee <laughs> was in the basement invoking demons. Okay, and that be and Sir Francis Walsingham, spy master general, the genesis point of all of the invisible apparatus of stealth and and you know uh, intelligence gathering. It, it, that was a demonic invocation that was conjured into the realm. It's all our doing. Every single thing that's out there that we perceive as a threat, be it invisible stealth or in your face is all connected to the unresolved aspects of me. I will never say us because it's only me. Now, the question I then have to ask myself, Sasha, every day is, am I identified with that? Do I give that any credence? Does that scare me? And the answer is no. Why? Because I have fully disidentified from it. And in so doing, you invoke the antidote. And the antidote is supernature is the Christed 
light. And that is the thing that has always been the holy grail. That is what these deviant elemental intelligences and egregores and reptilian draconian aspects of the galactic mind have always been after. That quanta, the ineffable, immanent, immortal, limitless, fearless, timeless quanta of the human being, the true human. So we must not allow ourselves beyond a certain point to be drawn into those those basements, those narratives, those those stories, those you know those uh, uh, realms, because they are quasi-fiction. Yes, black goo is real. No, it's not real. I can build a mathematical Socratic argument for this or that side of the equation, and I'll be right both times. In the same way that if you apply stellar parallax, as my friend Thomas J. Brown, our a science fellow at the New Earth University, did some years ago at my uh, at my request apply the most advanced mathematics on earth to the flat earth theory and to the round earth theory and to the donut earth theory. Point is this, what we learned was that you can apply the same math to all the models, the most advanced form of math, and they all come out true. <laughs> what does that That's teach brilliant. us? It teaches us um, that we inhabit a hologram. <laughs> uh, what I found out or what, what the most people uh, forget is that the let's say the devil side or the other side they work from outside to inside the whole time and if i if if i connect to my source or if if i close everything and if i ask the right question then i work from inside to outside yeah yeah and yeah. in that moment i establish trust and the evil side wants to stay want to establish control and uh, the problem is that the um, they want to divide us from the source so that we become narcissism narcissistic narcissistic is it right narcissism narcissistic yeah, yeah. and uh, i'm psychopath and interesting is for example i have never seen the movie but i read the plot purge purge is a society of narcissism and psychopaths and in a civilized way after many deaths and this is what this is their target to have what they want to have yeah and we have to and we have to change it to the situation that we that we connect to our inner side and now my second question uh, uh i've heard that you work also with whales and with the dolphins because i made also i make also meditations with whales and dolphins because Credo Mutra said the dolphins brought us the philosophy and the art, and the whales brought us the knowledge about God. And interesting is, it is still in this right. It's it's still working. Can you have? Do, can do you have a comment on this? Yes, uh, but first I want to back up um, um, a, a little bit um, to what you were saying uh, earlier. I foundationally disagree with the way you closed the last piece because I don't believe that them is real in what they are trying to do to me or to us. So just from, from my perspective, I'll qualify um, that the, the they is always permissioned by me, by us. And so long as, so long as I am resolved fully in the, in the divisiveness or the dualistic prin principles operating within me, once yeah. I have, once I have merged those hemispheres of the so-called Shiva and Shakti, once I have 
transcended, as uh, as Carl was mentioning, transcended or transmuted the good and the evil element into a synthesis, and then transcended it and recognized that that was only the conveyor or the purveyor of pure truth emerged through that dualistic principle. So we must continue to always police ourselves in the way that we think, the way that we, we say things, because we are the ones doing the cult programming beyond a certain point. If we affirm, reaffirm the wrong uh, notions, even with the best will in the world, we are the ones cult program, pro programming ourselves into that constant dystopia. There is no them doing anything to me. There is only the appearance of them emerging through the field in direct proportion to the unresolved aspects of I, the I am. Now, if I own that, and we all variously own that, we will flame the human psionic intelligence almost overnight. We will remediate every single mutant uh, isotope frequency issuing out of depleted uranium all the way down to oil spills. All of the mutations of this world will be phase conjugated into their primordial imminent template beyond a certain point. We are the magic wand. We are the grace of God. We are the ones who will clean the oceans, the soil, the air, and all of the microbiome of 7 billion humans in a blink of an eye once we have activated that collective psionic intelligence, that knowing, which is the Atman, the I am. That's why I'm not moving from this space in, in any conversation with anyone in any language. Because if we leave the flame of pure truth, we continue to play in the shadow of death. I'm done with that shit. I grew up in a war. I've seen too much death in my life and too much loss. I'm loving the space where I am not identified or attached in any way, shape or form with it. So I qualify that. Then thank you for the next question, which I love. The whales and the dolphins. I'm not an expert in, in either. I work with the, uh, Kim Kindersley, who's one of my close colleagues, and he was the man who made Whale Dreamers, the, the beautiful award-winning film that we were on the, on, the, on the phone only yesterday. But um, I, I have a fair uh, comprehension and understanding of the hyperdimensional physics connected to, uh, talk about psionic, <laughs> talk about psionic intelligence, look no further than the whales. So the whales and the dolphins uh, are connected to a, uh, a, a hyperdimensional quanta of um, the imminent aspect of supernature that they bring into this earth plane and they consistently anchor that bandwidth or that frequency field into the earth plane through the waters of the earth, which is seminal because it's the waters that translate and transmit through all matter, air, soil, and the oceans themselves and the lakes. <clears throat> and obviously, more than any of that, the song of ages that courses its way through the human, the waters of the cells of the human being. So yes, every whale in the ocean is singing to us right now. And we're feeling that song within the water of our cells. Absolutely. Those of us who are able to access that still point. And you're able to then draw on that hyperdimensional power of the uh, dolphins and of the and of the whales. I, I've done experiments within Humanitad Foundation for many years. We were doing experiments uh, with dolphins. I should qualify what I'm saying there. <laughs> we we weren't we weren't experimenting with dolphins in a laboratory. No, 
we were working with dolphin dolphinicity, dolphin energy, with with um, people who, one of them, a, a very famous uh, geomancer, um, uh, Jean Jean Francois Odic from Oroville in India, and he came here to Bali when we were working with a quantum field generator. And we were transmitting so-called love or uh, the empathy uh, through the quantum field. We were turning light bulbs on in Scandinavia from Bali. But in, in order to turn and make motions on the oscilloscopes tens of thousands of kilometers away, we had to sit in a copper pyramid that we built in my home in Bali. And we, we had to perform certain mudras in, in yoga, which I was doing with, with a counterpart. And we had to have a quantum field generator generating crystals, special crystals. That It's a beautiful story, and one day I'm going to tell it. But the point is this. We were able to do certain things as humans in the, in the, the, in the, the, the copper pyramid using the crystals and the quantum field generator. We were able to transmit certain energy forms through the quantum field and affect outcomes um, in Norway, the other side of the earth instantaneously because we always had the screens on live we had our scientists in the laboratories we had our diksha masters and and uh, clairvoyance and sensitives observing at one point we worked with over 300 ayahuasca masters in one experiment that we were doing seriously off the shelf stuff we were doing um, um uh, uh, 10 years ago 10 12 years ago the point is this there was a given moment when we were blocked in what we were doing, trying to progress the capacity to project human empathy and activate the so-called crystal grid around the earth. And we had to, we had no choice but to call on the dolphins. And because a clairvoyance had come, this man, Jean-Francois Odic, famous man, and he had come to participate in the pyramid. And I'd seen him after our experiments. I'd gone back into my one living room. I saw him in the gallery room in the pyramid in a meditation, this old man. And he was doing this, you know. And, and I sat and watched him, fascinated. And then afterwards, when he opened his eyes, I said, Jean-Francois, what were you doing? Why, why were you doing this? He said, oh, you know, I've worked with dolphins for 60 years all around the world. And I said, yeah, you're world famous. He said, well, I've worked with 236, however many dolphins. And he said, every one of them, after I've worked with them, has gifted me a golden cord from the snout, from their snout. They've given it to me and gifted it to me. And my life's work has been to take these hyperdimensional golden threads of Ariadne, from all of these hundreds of dolphins and to go around the world unlocking the Babylonian dream spells in different parts of the world where the satanic entanglement has become too corrupted. And what a beautiful thing. And he, he told me this, this beautiful confessional. Of course, I was weeping. I love that kind of stuff. Then he goes. He left that day and he flew the following day back to Oroville in India. Now, let me tell you what happened the following day. I'm sitting at my villa. There's no experiments that, that, that weekend and I was breathing and meditating. We had a really intense week with the experiments with the quantum field generator and I was really coming down and just, and this person turns up at my villa and I'm out in the jungle, jumps out of a car with a driver there and walks straight into my villa. He just walks past me. I'm in the swimming pool. He goes straight in and he goes in and I get up, get my towel. I recognize this guy. And he was a, a, a famous uh, oracle from Bali that I'd met one time in the south of the island. 
And I went, and he went straight and sat inside the pyramid. And I walked, waited for him. He went into a trance. And when he came out the trance, I said, hi, nice to see you. Welcome to my home, you know. And he said, I, I had to come here. I was called. I was pulled here. I was called here. I'm sorry. And he said, but my question to you is, what the fuck are these dolphins doing in this pyramid? Whoa. And then I knew that that was true. This entanglement of the dolphins, the gift of these 260 odd dolphins was being gifted to us. And we then took the experiments forward and the dolphins guided the next generation of the quantum experiments. And I'm not prepared to say beyond what happened because some very, very odd stuff started happening. I actually ended the experiments because we got into areas where I thought we were going into um, kind of Philadelphia experiment type territory working with hyperdimensional physics that frankly we did not understand. And as a duty of care, I, I stopped the experiment. But I can tell you, after these years in between, I think we've mapped and worked out how we take it forward. And so I'm seriously toying now and speaking to the scientists and sensitives about taking it forward again, maybe next year or the year after. But in any event, sorry, long story, but a fun one. Brilliant. That was me letting you know that absolutely dolphin energy and whale energy the hyperdimensional quanta they bring in is so intelligent because what we learned from those dolphins was extraordinary so thank you for the question and uh, i got goosebumps and the interesting thing is it also fits to what we talked before because dolphins and whales there is no duality none none <laughs> none which is why i've always preferred dolphin burgers to normal i'm joking it's a joke it's a joke Thank you so much. I, I give to Steve. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. Oh, wow. Wow. How do I uh, compete with that? That's amazing. Just incredible listening to that. Um, well, I'm going to go on a spiritual thing. I wanted. I was going to go down a little bit of a Trump road. I'm going to. I'm going to go with. This is about. I would like your opinion on karma. And you know, we're all here co-creating. We're all light, posing as dark, posing as light, and at you know, at some level spiritually, there's nothing to forgive. Apparently, you know. Um, yet the people in those tunnels, the kids being raped and sodomized, that's real for them. So is karma yet another mechanism of the Saturnian off-planet control system that keeps us in this loop of accepting tragic lives of torment and pain? You know, we're kind of duped into it, or do we volunteer for it? Um, is, is, is karma really just a mechanism of more of the control, and at some level it doesn't exist? If we, especially if we choose for it not to exist. So my point is for the people that are being the kids that are in this incredible, I mean, I look at my life and I'm, I'm like, I have nothing to you know, worry about when I hear, I just listen to your live and I just, you know, I look at what's real for these people and I'm thinking, did they choose it? If not, were they duped into it? And then, and then secondly, um, you know, are, are they going to, does it keep them in the wheel of reincarnation? And are we really here to wake up and get out off that wheel? Yeah, I, you know, if you saw the live broadcast earlier, then you'll know that I saluted um, all of those brave whistleblowers and, or people coming forward with incredibly brave testimony. One of them was a, a former intelligence spy uh, with the Danish government. Um, that, that couple that... Um, that whose, children, whose four children have been stolen from them by the state and monetized and, and they've had to flee. Um, I've, I've met multiple 
um, families and taken testimony from multiple mothers and fathers who are beautiful souls like those two. You could see the freshness and the light coming out of their faces, their skin, their eyes, and their classic targets by this draconian satanic uh, um, pedophilic state in Denmark and Norway and Sweden. Those are uniquely uh, pernicious governments when it comes to institutional uh, pedophilia and trafficking of humans and especially kids. Um, what I said in that was I saluted each of them for being avatars. And when that one father showed the beautiful photographs of his kids and him and his wife together, and you could just see how happy they were together, these, these beautiful family. And I said, my message to him was, you are avatars and your kids are angelic avatars. It's clear to me that the six of you are part of a soul compact, a soul covenant. You've come into this world in order to, to perform a judo, a, a complete judo throw against the institutional satanic nonsense because their light will prevail. It will. There's no question about it. I can almost see how it's going to prevail. It might take another year or two. But I'm seeing so much to answer your question, Steve. I'm seeing so many people since 2018 when I started the uh, launched the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into human trafficking and child sex abuse in Westminster, London with Robert David Steele and Sir John Walsh of Branagh and the you know, former secretary uh, of, of um, um, uh, Canadian um, Secretary of State. We had many powerful, uh, we had the highest ranking police and crime commissioner in the United Kingdom on our stand. In fact, I took testimony from him again, uh, the commissioner, about three weeks ago for another case that the tribunal's doing. The point I'm making is this. Many, many kids have been absconded all around the world. And it, it's something which is out of control. The, the pedophilia is out of control. The ritual satanic abuse that's been going on in the basement, the amount of babes that are being sacrificed on in, 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 in black satanic masses and in part of normal satanic ritualistic practice in suburbia is beyond comprehension. As I've said in multiple interviews, um, I, I, I've been familiar with the subject for many years because it was brought to me by the former uh, founder of the Federal Child Trafficking or tra Tracking Agency in the United States, who came to my foundation for help over 10 years ago, begging me and us because he knew I had access to governments and leaders. And he wanted us to blow the story open that time. And I backed away. And, and I was ashamed of myself for so doing, but I backed away because I knew I didn't have the nous at that time. I needed to get to grips with it. So I had to go through two or three years of researching and studying. I'm not a researcher, but really getting to grips with that story and, and doing the cold night sweats and the, all of that. When you really get up close and personal with that and you start to meet with hundreds, and I met with hundreds of witnesses, of survivors, of police investigators, inspectors, um, I mean, Christ, veterans, the, the, the shit that goes on in that satanic basement is just next level. Once you get over the imagery of a 14-year-old girl being drugged on stage and having her womb pulled out of her while she's alive and having the fetus pulled out of her and eaten while she's alive, being propped up as part of a satanic devilish demonic play of the ritual humiliation of the Adamite that gives such a sense of presence and joy and delight to the diabolical mind that has infiltrated this world.
that aspect of ourselves that we permission to manifest in this realm. You get to grips with that stuff and um, you, you begin to really evaluate the so-called laws of karma. <laughs> and you start to, to transpose a higher logic than just karma and dharma. Yeah, of course, everything's karma. But karma is not the be-all and end-all. Like not, neither is Zen Buddhism. Zen Buddhism beyond a certain point is full of shit. Absolutely full of shit. I know. I've hung out with the high lamas, okay, in multiple continents. I've met, I'm not going to name it. But I, it, it's just bullshit. Zen is good for you if it works for you in your, in your own sanct the, the, the sanctum. That's it. But as a, as a, as a meme, it's not. And the, the karma thing is part of a, part of a, a narrative that's, a, in a sense, um, beautiful because to a mind that's evolved to a certain level, it creates a certain pacification. It allows you to, to make peace with how fucked up reality or life can be. And, 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 and you put, oh, well, it must be bad karma. There's something next level to that, which is bodhisattva. And that is the point I was trying to make earlier. And that's the only point worth making, actually, is that all of us are bodhisattvas, in a sense, just not realized yet. But all of us are brave, noble pioneers of the 3D temporal realm. And all of us have projected plasma into this field of expression at this epoch of so-called time in order to be the great pioneers and progenitors of the regenesis of the Adamite into the superluminal expression, the next great chapter of upliftment, of ascendancy, of unfoldment. It's all fucking amazing. It's all a good story. All of it. There is no shadow. There's no texture against which light needs to define itself. It's superluminal. That's where we're moving. We are the bridge point. We are the ones who are at the vanguard, all of us. So let's dispense with karma as a tally system. No, we are avatars and we've all been birthed. The kids who are birthing in and being sacrificed on the satanic ritualistic slabs in basements are the highest ranking amongst us. They come in in order that their blood is imbibed and that the quintessence of their luminosity is imbibed into the heart of darkness and becomes the point, the turning point for those lower draconian elements to be able to find their way back toward light. Because that's what the stealing of the Promethean fire was all about. It was a desperate, desperate attempt by Prometheus to become greater than he was, than he is. And so I, I don't, I, we must move beyond any form of judgment and condemnation. We, we simply must. I mean, if, if, if there's a takeaway from the Master Yeshua it is, uh, and from, and from the, the scripture surrounding the Christian faith, it is that thou shalt not judge. It is the seminal, seminal piece. Because the, 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 true, the true gnosis there is that insofar as I am judging anything or anyone ever, I am only condemning that unresolved aspect of the I am. Of, of myself. And now I've seen that play out so many times in life that I know that that is the alpha omega state. That is the still point. So I'm done with karma myself. 
I don't believe I've got karma to burn off. No, I think that was part of a childish toy. Yes, karma is a bandwidth in the process, but it's not the thing. The thing is majestic. The real story is so ineffably perfect, geometrically and beautiful and majestic. And we're just about to tip into that state of grace as a collective. Once we allow the mask to fully fall away, the apocalypse means the falling away of the mask. By the grace of God, we'll see the falling away of gibbering, idiot, imbecile humans and their stupid masks on their face happen in direct concordance with the unmasking of the draconian governments and institutions of the world. It's all happening at the same time. But the more of us who can, who can disidentify from the theater, sit back, engage the still point in that knowing, we will be the ones to bring about that transition sooner rather than later. Wow. Amazing. That made so much sense to me. Thank you. Um, wow. I get to ask my second question. So this is fantastic. This is a little bit more um, on the other side. Uh, as you know, I love what you said, but uh, just to put things in context, it, it feels like it's the brave new world meets 1984. And, you know, if you're, wa I don't watch the news, but, you know, they're pulling out every stop. They're have people singing about getting your vaccine and all that. Ooh, I mean, your um, your your injection um, is is as we are coming into a new earth. It there's there's talk that you said that they're in their last. You know, the darkness is in their last gas, and it's necessary before this new earth emerges. And is is that basically the idea that they're in their last gas, and some of this is going to be unraveled, and we're going to have a new earth? And, you know, we're not going we're going to enter a place of freedom and uh, free thought and all that. And then uh, kind of two questions that are, are not related, but they're in the same realm is, is the injection possible? Is it possible that it can capture your soul through the manipulation of your DNA? And then thirdly, um, if we if you can get to it, um, I always said all all presidents are selected. They're not you know, they're all no one gets in the White House who isn't of a bloodline or complicit to the CFR. So was Trump always just a complicit deceiver or was he really a guy that snuck into the White House with help and he he's against the new world order? Or was he just another strategy of divide and conquer to polarize the uh, U.S. public uh, to yeah. the nth degree? Um, so I've been fried by multiple um, lamps in my eyes for the last few hours. because I've been on back to back broadcast. So I might drop one of the questions and have to be reminded. But let me start from the beginning. I mean, I think it's more. Um, uh, less of a brave new world meets whatever you said. I think it's more of a Beano magazine meets the Twilight Zone. I mean, it's just it's just aberrant. It's just dystopian and aberrant, and quite wonderfully so, if you can hold that position and see it for what it is and not identify with it. Um, it's just stupid. I mean, sitting back right now watching governments is is just watching the stupid play out. Watching police today, we're just driving down the road, getting here. Um, you know, and and at the beach here, and on the way, um, we stopped at a traffic light, and there's a, a motorcyclist pulls up beside me, and the guy's wearing the mask under the nose, but he's wearing it over his mouth, and I'm looking out my window at him, and thinking, you imbecile, you twat. But then I think, and I, I can't blame you because you're on a motorcycle, so the police will pull you and harass you. So yeah, okay, I'm going to let that one slide. And there's a father in in the other car 
the Balinese father with his four-year-old kid, both masked up to the hilt. And I'm thinking, you know, just beyond, beyond help. A policeman comes in front of my car, sweating in his luminescent fluoro jacket with police and you know, all that, to basically grab the guy on the motorbike because he's not wearing it over his nostrils. And so as the policeman was right by my windscreen and the guy on the bike, I let my, my glass down. I just looked at the policeman in his eyes. And I said to the guy on the bike, I said, do you need help? Yeah. And he was like, no, I've got this covered. And I looked at the policeman and his little eyes were twitching, twitching and quivering. So that creature was about to leap like the parasite vermin that he is onto an innocent soul going about his business unmolested um, because he wasn't fully asphyxiating himself with a piece of fabric. And that apparently gave the policeman the right under statutory laws to turn his key off his motorcycle and kidnap the man, drag him off the road. Um, and all of that is the stupid playing out, writ large. It's a defilement of natural law, natural justice, God's law, common law, law of the land. Now, had we been halfway civilized, i.e. savages with spears, we would have beaten that policeman to death with a stick on the spot for such an abrogation, derogation, and defilement of natural-born liberty, okay? So what's happened to us to have, to have put us into such a state of psycho-emotional, psycho-spiritual, and psycho-intellectual disrepair that we're not able to stand in the flame of the being, an Adamite being, a son or a daughter of God, being a natural born man or woman of the living soil. All of that deception, that fraud that was committed against us occurred in the, in the mental landscape, you know, which brings us back to the question earlier that uh, Carl asked, which was talking about, you know, how do we move more from the mental back into the elemental? And, and you know, we're about to see catastrophic failure of that mental playground because it's reached the realm of the abjectly stupid and so stupid that even the really stupid can see it's stupid and that's a pretty good state of stupid to be because it means we're about to see the end of stupid so that's all good happy with that the new earth is emerging either which way it's not something that um that needs to um knock on the, on the window beyond a certain point it's emerging anyway the fact of the matter is that the vaccines so-called vaccines they are not vaccinations they are lethal synthetic chemical compounds masquerading as vaccines um and everything that they represent is satanic is evil is uh, an abrogation of the rule of law um so there's only one thing in the files other than synthetic poisons and a um, alien technology, which is a genetic modification software, essentially, uh, this kind of CRISPR uh, technology that will <clears throat> intercede the human gene sequence and create every human, weaponize every human body so that it is in a state of standby, ready to receive a linguistic wave genetic information download through 5G, okay? <laughs> Be clear. The kill grid, the sky grid, is the transmission technology. Once it goes live, and they intend, they, the unresolved aspects of you and I, 
that permission us to still pay taxes to a thing called government that steals our money and builds a quadrillion dollar technology to kill us. Okay. That's all happening more or less in the, in the playground. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's how it's intended, but it's not a vaccine. So let's stop calling it one because we're the ones again, cult programming ourselves and calling cats dogs. We must stop calling a cat a dog. We know what a cat is and we know what a dog is. But apparently most humans are happy to call a cat a dog and a dog a cat if the man in the costume tells them to do so. That's really fucked up. Really, really fucked up. Um, I probably dropped part of the question there. Um, help me. Is there anything further I can add? It was, it was kind of, is, there's the theory that, the, that once you take it, um, it will right, modify it. your DNA and capture yeah. your soul and you can't go to heaven or... So, so, so I, I refer you again to Rudolf Steiner, who warned of this an awful long time ago. But also check about Araman with 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 Steiner and 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 the great Egregor, the great devil, the great evil. Um, and David Avocado Wolf and I have had a couple of conversations on this subject in the last in the last few months, and we'll take it f uh, forward even further. But um, yes, the so-called vaccine is designed is designed to rent the fabric of soul from its anchor point in the temporal house housing or the, the, the body. Yes, absolutely categorically. Why? Because it is that um, process or procedure that allows for a full-fledged demonic interposition or, or, or transduction. And that's what we're talking about now. So we're talking about a desperate, desperate attempt by that draconian element to finally rip off the fabric of soft, the Adamite soul so that it can leap into the blood and bones of the, the, the Adamites and can continue to mate and hybridize um, in its, to, according to its ideation. This is a desperate attempt at hijacking humanity wholesale in one fail swoop. Why? The question becomes why? The answer is obvious. It's because that draconian element is reaching the end of Stargate. It is literally losing the right to continue to exist. So it can only use artifice and technology as its means to intervene in, into the Adamite. So again, it's good news and it's bad news. The good news is that the process, the alchemization process that that is now catalyzing and triggering is going to bring about a full bifurcation, separation of the wheat from the chaff, of the, the uninsold from the sold, insold. That's a beautiful thing because you need to factor that not all humans are insold. There's been a lot of, a lot of play acting. There've been a lot of, a lot of, um, demonically possessed creatures generationally coming into this field of expression. And there's, I could speak for hours on how the confluence of different vibratory or oscillatory um, fabric of soul is being permitted to come into the temporal realm, because that's a science, that's hard science. But we don't need to go into that just to know that, and we, I don't need to tell you this. We know that the, Oftentimes we see human beings, whether it's in a, in a pub or a nightclub or on the street, that, that's, that's pure demon. That, that being is not human. Now, we know that the, the creatures that are ripping the wombs out of teenage girls and devouring the fetuses in, in 
numerous, innumerable um, satanic rituals taking place all around the world, that those are not ensouled beings. Now, I also know that 10% of North America are practicing Satanists. Now, not many people know that, but that's absolutely the case. It's a decimal point. I've heard this from countless survivors, witnesses, and generational Satanists themselves, who eventually move out of that, pull out of that, and then tell and speak. And what we understand is that one in 10 in North America are practicing Satanists. That doesn't mean they're blood drinkers particularly, because there's kind of fringe Satanism connected into the kind of skullduggery and the kind of mafiosi and the kind of pornography rings and the kind, that shitty element. And, but the point is these are creatures that have given themselves over to the Faustian pact in their lives. They have abrogated their own soul covenant as an Adamite. And they are now the utility of lower astral intervention or demonic possession. And, and the point, the beauty about now and this great bifurcation that we're witnessing the onset of and is likely to last a few short years before we move into, I think, between now and 2024, we, we hit, hit a big bump in the road in 2024, a positive bump. You know, astronomically speaking, astrophysically speaking, the, the quality of light um, coding changes drastically and then moves to 2030, where we also hit another peak. And then there's a, a, a straight run to 2046, which is almost certainly the ascension event, um, the, the uh, micronova explosion that is, is, is happening in 2046 will almost certainly be the catalyst of that um, superluminal UV light coding washing the entire solar system and taking humanity into a, a vertical ascension event. We will be alive uh, to witness it so long as we don't smoke uh, too much or eat too many donuts. But, and that's a beautiful thing. But that, that's all coming down the pike now. And anyone who wants to participate in what I call the mechanics of ascension, we're all invited to do it. I've, I've launched the Lazarus Initiative um, for this reason. Anyone wants to check that out, go to LazarusInitiative.com. But we've just begun that, and that, and and we're, we're creating an incredible conversation and a series of journals to really explore archaeocosmology or cosmogenesis leading to the status quo, and how fucked up it is, and from here into the mechanics of ascension and how we take that journey consciously move into that as a collective, and that's all we need to concern ourselves with with right now is just being very very present and in the state of grace of I am, of the, of the perennial witness. All we need to do is witness the perfection of the geometry of now as it unfolds. And if we put ourselves in that state of grace, we are absolutely beyond, there is nothing that can harm us, nothing. That is, that is yea, though I walk through the valley of death, can fear no ill. Positioning yourself in that Christed flame and simply bearing witness, do not obey, do not acquiesce, do not pay coin to Caesar, walk in a straight line, speak to pure truth. That's your navigation set. And you are Daniel in the lion's den, but you must know it to activate those hyperdimensional um, plasma projections or, or, or a plasma fields that protect us. This is the kind of onset of Merkaba. Merkaba is coming. Merkaba will be fully fledged in 2046. Trust me, you're going to see beings blinking in and out because we are able to invoke the light body and blink out of this realm into a different spectrum of light 
or of vibration. No question about that. Right now it can be done. My master was doing it in the 1980s when I was traveling with him. So I know about that stuff and many, many people do. But that's got to become the mainframe. Why do we construct all this artifice with technology? Why do we have TikTok wrists on our uh, watches on our wrists? I don't. But why do people look to clocks and wristwatches? Why do we drive automobiles or fly airplanes? Fucking dangerous things, if you ask me. Why do we? Why do we worry about any technology? It's all wired within us. So Merkaba is your capacity to literally move into the light body and transpose yourself anywhere in any aspect of the universe at will. Boom. And back here again, boom, because you're connected psionically to the quanta of the alpha omega. It is always there with you all the time. You don't, I haven't read a book since 1995. I'm not planning to read a book for the rest of my life. I, because, I, because I'm more interested in tapping into that limitless, universal, the library of Alcyon, the one that is imminent, that's always here. Because the more we place ourselves in the still point, we have accesses to all of those, access granted to the wisdom of ages, which is never to be found in spells and bonds, never to be found in scrolls and the dictum of ancient pharaonic priests and all their little scripts and the cuneiform and all that shite that we get all excited about going back in time and exploring the, the Coptic scrolls and the, no, no, it didn't serve us then, it's not going to serve us now. No, move on. We need to move beyond the spells and the bonds. And then we enter into that state of grace. I'll leave my little rant at that. Wow. Yeah. And when you spoke, I just like felt like an exhale, like of just I was, you know, fear was gone. Like, you know, that that subtle buzz that you have all the time is just gone. And that's what makes so much sense is the, to remember who we are, to step right. into that and to get right. out of fear. Beautiful. Look, uh, our lovely Grace hasn't said anything. I got to pass her on. This has just been amazing. Thank you so much for uh, everything. Thank, I'm gonna thank pass you. Okay. Thank you. I <clears throat> thank you all and thank you, Sasha. Um, I'll I'll make my comment in a personal level. So, like uh, I like conversations like this, and it fuels me to really be more authentic and to kind of just uh, fulfill my mission and my purpose, which I've had realized early on that you know i i can recognize if they, something that i have to be fearful or not or if it's truthful or not but um some so sometimes when i listen i have to stop you know like listening to a video or you know that then because it makes me fear it's really bother it bothers my heart so much so what's the best advice maybe that you could say to people who might be experiencing that because if it's happening to me other people it might be happening to other individuals and that's why they would not want to listen they would not want to know so if there's anything that you could advise so that because what i'm hearing from you is that we have the responsibility we kind of gave the permission to be in this situation but then we have the full responsibility and full power to to claim that avatar Yes, indeed. So, so Grace, thank you for the question. And I can only answer it in the simplest way, which is always in a, in a, in a question like this, the best answer is going to be the really simple one. And it, it does come down to how we reclaim that standing as a son or a daughter of God. Now, 
I don't even need to finish the sentence because we all know that that, that requires only one thing and that we deconstruct all of the hubris of what we think we know or who we think we are, of how we think of others and move it back, back, back into just one beautiful, fragile, vulnerable moment of perfect authenticity, which is to be very, very human, very vulnerable, very exposed, very afraid for one perfect moment and acknowledge that none of the artifice of our lives serves ultimately the truth. That the acquisition of things, of money, of property, of family, of any tribe, of anything, acquisition, accumulation, doesn't do it, never did for anyone. Doesn't matter how much bounty you get. These are tired old stories, apocryphal stories. Every hero's journey is the same story. It is about a return to self. And so if we can just place ourselves there and be okay about being incredibly vulnerable and exposed, but only to oneself, don't need an audience for that. We don't need any accolade. And to many of us, there is no mother. I am blessed to still have a mother. But for many of us, the mother's dead or gone. The lover, the beloved is dead or gone. The, the children have flown the, the nest and they've gone. Many of us, the, the, the faith is gone and the belief in this icon or that idol is gone. And that's good. That's beautiful. That's beautiful to bring it all back to this still point. So I tell you a trick here. When you die in this earth plane and you move out of the body, and you see your form lying there, either we're twisted and mangled on in a car accident or, you know, lying peaceably in, in your bed and you've pulled out of the body. If you've been a good soul, a very good soul, you will, you will depart the body. The, the fabric of the soul will leave the form variously through here or through here, through here, through here, through here or through here. And you'll be able to pull out of the body. It'll be a bit uncomfortable. There'll be vibration. There'll be a lot of weird sensation. But you, you pull out of the body and it's gone. The cord is cut. It's okay. Or conversely, if you were a Catholic priest, I'm joking. But if you were a, a negative soul and, and conducting the orchestra of chaos in life, then you will depart through the asshole. I'm not joking. I'm quite serious. You'll quite literally depart spirit through the anus and it hurts like hell and it sounds awful and the vibration is so dense it's like a pneumatic drill in your brain it's not fun it's terrifying so you choose how you depart this world by the degree to which you stand in the flame of truth in this life and the vibration that you hold and the frequency that you hold in this life will be the determining factor of that Many people, when they are just before the grave, become very nice people <laughs> because they're shitting themselves, really afraid to leave and start to become a child again. Like, Mama, don't, don't leave me, you know. Um, 
the point is that once you leave the body, there is a, a universal theme that plays out. You know, you move into the, the realm of the archetypes. And in that realm of the archetypes, you, you are witnessing the limitlessness of the quantum mind, the holonomic brain. And you're seeing all of these things, all of these icons and archetypes. And, and you're being pulled towards one or the other, you know, but be careful. Navigate through that realm of the archetypes without being pulled towards the gentle music or the beautiful lights or the vision of Jesus over there or, or whatever icon you were worshiping in this world. Don't make the mistake. Don't make the mistake of again moving into idolatry and following these images because that is not the thing. It was never the thing. It can never be the point of redemption or absolution because it by distinction and definition, is outside of self. So don't make that mistake. Move into the stillness. Move into the blanket of, of the velvet darkness. Allow that, that darkness to come. Then there'll be a whiting out, and then the blackness will come again, and you'll find yourself pulling away from all aspects of light. And then until eventually, if you're courageous, if you're in your center, you will see nothing but velvet blackness, and only there you will be left holding the question, just the question, an inquiry, and you'll move into the bodhisattva. You'll move into the true state of grace, and you will never need to come back into this realm of karma and dharma, this wheel, this cycle. That was more or less the question that was asked earlier, but we forget this. So many of us have been trapped in not just this earth plane, but we're trapped also in the heavenly realms that are connected to this earth plane. And that has gone on for some time for millions of years. So if you truly want to be able to transcend the temporal veil, then you have to ultimately learn tremendous courage. But that courage is the simplest possible thing to navigate because it is simply to observe yourself in the now. And don't be told by the Catholic Church or by your fucked up government that you don't matter and that you should be doing things for the greater good and you should be signing up for war and going off to blow people's heads off in the Yemen. No, don't buy into any of that shit about selflessness and serving the queen and the king and the fucking flag. Don't buy into that cult programming bullshit. You serve the actualization of the flame of self. That's why you were here and become fully realized in this imminent vehicle. And that's how you serve the greater good. That's how you flame and serve uh, the greater uh, becoming. So pure truth and right action in the living moment of now. And I say living because we must always remember to be actualized in the state of now. Be conscious of being conscious. That's the answer. Be conscious of being conscious and only conduct right action and pure truth. And that is how you move into a state of fearlessness more quickly than not. That is the path of least resistance to the highest outcome, to answer your question. Thank you. And uh, I also like, um, at least at night, every night, I love that um, scripture that you always say, yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I follow that with a question of when I have a question, please make me ready to, to accept the, the, the answer. And so you have been doing this for so many years and you, 
you, you know, everyone knows how difficult it is. For us as a group, we've just been doing it since last year. And so maybe you could also please um, help us again, give us some advice on how we can transverse all these difficulties in the censorship. Like I know today would have been so good, but just last night, one of our podcasts was taken down. And out of there's nine of us doing this, where four of us have been, you know, the platform or censored. So yeah. this also <laughs> advice you can. Well, I'm the best person to ask that because, because I'm just about to launch the New Earth Horizon Media platform for folks like you and myself because we're being censored. So we've got our own um, very expensive um, service going live in, in Iceland next week. And um, uh, talk talk to us and let, 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 let's talk because I'd be more than happy uh, to bring you guys. I love, I love all of your faces and voices and um, it would be beautiful to, uh, to accommodate you on that platform, which will grow exponentially. Like I was saying uh, earlier at a broadcast, we reached a quarter of a million people at our launch, um, you know, just last week. And I know that we've got the numbers because I know that that's where people are looking. It's I call it flash mob broadcasting, you know, and that's the way to do it now. It's the only way you can do it now. But actually, it'd be nice to do flash mob, broad, mob broadcasting, but also have secure service. That's like, you know, trust in Allah, but tie up your camel, you know. Thank you. <laughs> I'll pass it on to Jane. Thank you so much, Sasha. I enjoyed that. And I think I can speak for everyone that just how much we enjoyed it and sharing heart to heart with you was incredible. Thanks very much indeed. Much appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your time. And I know that it's, um, I don't know, 1 a.m. in Bali. something <laughs> in seven minutes. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go and get ready. Thank you very much indeed. Look forward to the next time. Please reach out and let's talk in the next week about um, helping get you guys covered with uh, Beyond the Grip of uh, Mark Fuckerberger and the bearded lady, Jack Dorsey. Thanks, Ashley. It was a real pleasure. Really cool. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. Yeah, really enjoyed you. it. Fantastic. We're still wow. on.